Well, you let me know you're out there today, and this is kind of unusual to be able to actually to speak to human beings in the church. This is quite uh, quite a thrill for me today. It's an exciting Sunday for me, and I know it is for you. And um, we, we got work to do. We have we have uh, foundations to lay. We have ground to plow, and we have word the word of God to sow. Right, and. Um, Nothing is going to stop us. And I see everybody's nicely socially distanced. What a beautiful crowd we have today. So glad of that. And, uh, and it is Memorial Day weekend, so a lot of people are traveling and uh, vacationing. But still, even at that, the house of God looks good. And you've never looked better, let me tell you. You've never looked better. <clears throat> so there's a belief out there that says something like this, that... That God has predestined every man, woman, boy, and girl to either go to heaven or to hell. Well, I believe in the idea of predestination, but not like that. I don't believe that. Don't let anyone ever tell you that you have been predestined to go to hell. You know, Jesus said, enter, enter. That's a commandment. That's not a suggestion. It is a commandment for every person in humanity, all of the ages, past, present, future. Every human being has a commandment from Jesus to enter. And you have the freedom. I want to tell you, you have the freedom to decide. The reason I'm emphasizing this this morning is because of that belief I, 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 I'm becoming familiar with that says you really don't have any, have any, uh, any matter in the decision. You just live your life. If God chooses you to go to heaven, you'll go to heaven. If he chooses you to go to hell, that's where you're going. It's not what Jesus says. Otherwise, Jesus would have never said, enter to all men. Jesus said, you can choose. He said, you must choose. See, we're not machines. We're human beings. And human beings are free to do as they wish. Amen? You're free to do as you wish. You can walk out of here right now and it's your choice. But pay attention. Apart from the grace of God, you're not free to do as you ought. You're free to do as you wish, but you're not free to do as you ought, apart from the grace of God, understand that distinction. It takes the grace of God to do as you ought to do. You say, well, I can do whatever I want. Well, that's true. But you see, the problem is with what you want. Humans always want what is wrong until you have the grace of God in your heart. And the only reason you can choose to do what's right is because God first chose you. But you, my friend, you are free to choose today. You are free to choose. And he has chosen you. And he has invited you. And he has said, whosoever will may come. And he will give you the power. He will give you the ability to come if you want to come. And today, if you want to come to the Lord Jesus, there's not enough demons in hell to stop you from coming to the Lord Jesus. And if you don't want to come to the Lord Jesus, there's not enough angels in heaven that would drag you down this aisle. The freedom of decision is yours. The choice is yours. And the only reason you have that is because he has loved you 
And he has set his grace upon you. There is the freedom to decide. The freedom of decision. But now wait a minute. While there is the freedom of decision. Did you know there's also the forcing of decision? The forcing of decision. Did you know that while you are free to decide. Did you know you are not free not to decide? You say, Pastor Brent, you lost me there. While you're free to decide, you're not free not to decide. You are forced into a decision this very minute. See, there's no way you can do what Pilate thought he was doing. That is, wash your hands of Jesus Christ. You cannot do that. Pilate said, well, I won't decide. I'll let the people decide. But see, that lily-livered politician, he, he says, I'm going to wash my hands of Jesus Christ. History and eternity has proven that Pilate's indecision was his worst decision. And the decision not to decide is a decision. And when you refuse the Lord Jesus, you're not simply neutral in the matter. You can't remain neutral because Jesus said there in Matthew 12 and verse 30, he that is not with me is what? You know your Bible. He that is not with me is against me. There's no way you can be neutral. The decision not to decide is a decision and God does regard that as your decision. Put it down in your margin. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 30. He that is not with me is against me. You see, listen, there is the freedom of decision. There is the forcing of decision and there are the fruits of decision. The fruits of decision. For example, let's say you get up into a 10 story building. Let's say you get up there and you open up a window and you look out and you say, well, I'm free to jump out. You are. You are free to jump out. But about that time, your choices get real diminished. What I mean is you're free to jump out, but you're not free to negate the law of gravity. Therefore, you are free to choose, but you're not free to choose the consequences of your choice. And every choice has consequences. So the very first thing I see in this passage of scripture as I think about the holy highway is there is a decision to face. A decision to face. You have a decision to face. Every person in this auditorium has a decision to face. Every person online watching today by computer or whatever, you have a decision to face. You can't remain neutral. You must decide. And if you don't decide, that is a decision. Secondly, not only is there a decision to face, there is a direction to follow. Look at it again, if you will. Matthew chapter 7, he said, enter in at the straight gate. That's the decision. Um, he's giving you the answer right there. Enter in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow, listen, narrow is the way. After the decision comes the direction. And let me talk to you a little bit about the narrow way. It's something that Christians have strayed from. Many believers have have, have strayed away from the narrow way and they have gone the way of society and secularism. Can I get an amen? 
The narrow way is the way that every blood-bought child of God should walk today. It is called the holy highway. And the very first thing I want to say about it, it's a disciplined way. It's The Bible says straight, not like a straight line. S-T-R-A-I-T. It doesn't mean straight, like a straight path. It means disciplined. Rigorous is the way. So if you're out here today and you're looking for a cheap way, an easy way to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, you might as well forget it. The Bible says there is no easy way. The Bible says you are to endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We we, we say, well, it pays to serve Jesus. Yes, it does. But it costs. Oh, it costs. It costs every day. It costs every step of the way. There's no fine print in the contract that Jesus gives us. The problem with many people today is they have sort of a cheap grace. Easy believism. The way of Jesus Christ, while salvation is free on the one hand, yet there is discipline to the Christian life. See, any dead fish can float down the stream with the live ones. And the churches are full of dead fish floating down the stream with the live ones, aren't they? Without discipline, there is no power. Loose wires, strings just disconnected, make no noise at all. But connected and stretched in one of those marvelous pianos here, stretched until there's tension, makes a wonderful sound. There is discipline there. And then you get music, steam and vapor in the air that's just there. It's no power, but when you compress it and you put it in an engine, And it turns and it turns the turbine and then the pistons because there's power there. You take a take a river, let it just meander. There's no power there. But if you dam it up, you got a a power dam that can light an entire city. There is discipline there. Jesus said the broad way is the easy way. That is that's a road that leads to destruction. And many are looking for a cheap way, a lazy way. And an easy way to serve the Lord Jesus. But Jesus said, no, straight is the way. Disciplined is the way. Rigorous is the way of the narrow way. And very few will find it. Many will be on the loose way, the broad way, the wide gate. Oh, but not only, my friend, is it a disciplined way. It's a different way. It's a different way. Our Lord said, few there will be, not many, few there will be that find it. Don't expect the crowds to be on this way. And and don't follow the crowds. The crowds are almost always wrong. That's what's wrong in America today. The crowds have it wrong. It's it's morality by majority. And what people are taking confidence in, they're saying, well, you know, I'm just like everybody else. I'm no different than anybody else. Isn't that what they're saying? They're saying, I'm just as good as everybody else. Friend, our way is a different way. It starts at a different course. It takes a different course. It ends at a different conclusion. And if you're on this way, you're going to go against the tide most of the time. Why is that? Because we are twice born people in a world of once born people. And we are different from them and they are different from us. And our way is not their way and their way is not our way. And if you're no different from them, be assured of one thing. You are no different. If you're not being different, you are no different.
It's a disciplined way. It's a different way. We have to take serving the Lord Jesus Christ seriously. Jesus is not something you just tack on. You live your life any way you want to just tack a little bit of Jesus on. My friend, I don't get it. It's a disciplined way. It's a different way. It's a delightful way. You think everything I'm saying up here today is negative? It's not negative. You don't know the joy of serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you a verse. And oh, do I love this verse. One of my favorite passages in the whole, in, in, in the whole Old Testament. <clears throat> Put it in your margin if you don't have notes. Isaiah chapter 35. It talks about the holy highway. Isaiah 35, 8 and following. And here our Lord is prophesying in the Old Testament uh, about this holy highway. Listen to it. He says, and the highway shall be there and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. It's a delightful way. Why? Because it is a clean way. Verse eight, the unclean shall not pass over it. That's what he says. It's the way of holiness. There are no mud holes up there on the holy highway. There's no Ohio litter. There's no Tennessee trash up there on the holy highway. It is a clean way. It is a clean way. And it's a certain way. He said it's delightfully clean. It's delightfully certain because even a wayfaring man, though a fool, shall not err therein. What does that mean? It means even somebody without common sense can find their way up there on the holy highway. You don't need a Ph.D. You don't need college education and diplomas. You don't need to have been trained in the fancy schools. The Bible says God has hidden these things from the wise and the prudent, and God hath revealed them unto babes. Babes that don't know much. Even a wayfaring man, though a fool, will not err therein. You may be here today and you say, you know, Pastor Tim, you know, I don't know much about religion. I don't know about the Bible, and I don't understand all you're saying. Well, my friend, let me tell you, Jesus Christ loves you with an everlasting love and that love is so clean, it is so pure, it is so simple. Come to Jesus and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And that is gloriously simple, and it's simply glorious. It's, it, it's delightful because it's clean. The way is delightful because it is clear. It's a clear way. And this way is delightful because it is confident. So you don't have to worry about being pounced on by the devil up there on that highway. You don't have to worry about uh, uh, losing your salvation when you're on the holy highway. Verse 9. No lion shall even be there. Nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there. But the redeemed shall walk there. What a wonderful road. You get on this road and you let the Lord Jesus be your companion and your sidekick. And the road, which is a clean road, it is a clear road, it is a certain road and a confident road. And he will keep you. He will guide you. He will lead you. It's also cheerful. It's a cheerful road. The Bible says 
I love this. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Mm. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with song and everlasting joy upon their head. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I love Jesus. Amen. I love Jesus. If I had a thousand lives, I'd give him every one. I wouldn't take one of those lives and and serve this filthy world. I would give all 1,000 lives to Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't feel sorry for me because I'm up here on the holy highway. Don't feel sorry for me. That's what it's all about. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with song and everlasting joy upon their heads. What a wonderful, wonderful road this is. You know, we love to sing that song, Amazing Grace. I like the little rendition that we did today in our contemporary service. It was, it was, it was a good, good take. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Written by John Newton. John Newton was one of the most wicked, the most vile, the most uh, criminal sinners that have ever that has ever lived, that has ever walked the planet Earth. He committed almost every atrocity known to mankind. He was a drunken rum runner. He was a South Sea slave trader, and, and he got so low in crime and debauchery and sin that he finally ended up selling himself as slave to the slaves. He sold himself to the slaves, became their slave. And Jesus Christ miraculously saved John Newton, the same Jesus that miraculously saved Tim White, the same Jesus that miraculously saved many of you today that are listening online in our online church, many of you that are here in the audience today, the same Jesus that saved you, the same Jesus that saved John Newton. Well, no wonder he could be up on that highway singing a song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. No wonder he could write that song. His own epitaph. Listen to what he wrote. He wrote this to be placed on his grave marker. It says, John Newton, quote, once an infidel, servant of slaves in Africa, was by the rich mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, preserved, restored, pardoned, and appointed to preach the gospel that he had long labored to destroy. Not only a songwriter, but a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, no wonder he had a song in his heart. No wonder the ransom of the Lord can return and come to Zion with song and everlasting joy. No wonder. He had a story. I have a story. You have a story. So what's our Lord telling us in these verses? Well, number one, he's telling us that there is a decision to face. There is a direction to follow. It's a disciplined way. And my friend, it is a delightful way. And the third thing, not only is there a decision to face, not only is there a direction to follow, but there is a destiny to find. See, every road goes somewhere. That's why you get on a road, because it leads you somewhere. 
Every road goes somewhere. And the road that you are on right now, I promise you, is going somewhere. Now, my question for you is, when you get to the end of your road, that road that you are on right now, where will you be? Don't tell me Wapak. Don't tell me Kenton. I'm not even going to let you guess because Jesus gives us the answer. And he said there's only there's there can only be two possible destinations. Two, not 10, not 20, two. One he calls destruction. There's a road that you could be on that leads to destruction. And the other he calls life. There is another road that leads to life. Now you have there are only two roads. And decision determines your direction, and direction determines destiny. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. Decision determines your direction, and direction determines destiny. That's what Jesus is saying. And many of you today, you say, well, Pastor Tim, I feel like maybe I'm on that broad road. I guess I'm just living my life, just going along with the flow of everything. But now that you mention it, I really think I'm on that broad road. That road that ends in destruction. I was on an airplane one time. And the stewardess, so sweet, so sublime, comes over the intercom and she says, now this is flight thus and such. We are headed to Philadelphia. Now, if Philadelphia is not in your plans for today, I suggest you disembark and deplane right now. Listen. If Philadelphia is not in your plans, you need to get off the plane because that's where it's going. Oh, my goodness. Let me land this plane right now. Let me just land it right now. Maybe you're on a highway to destruction. Maybe you're on the highway to hell. And if hell is not in your plans... I suggest you get off that highway right now and exit to the highway called life right now. People have sugar-coated hell. They have, television has made it into a make-believe mockery. They have tried to convince you even Biblical theologians have tried to convince you that there is no literal hell. It's taught in many seminaries that there is no literal hell. But I don't listen to what they say. I have to check and cross-reference with what Jesus says. What does the word of God say? And the word of God makes it very, very clear that hell is real. It's real. And Jesus gets very descriptive about what hell is there used to be a fear in the people about going to hell because they had an idea and they they were it was being preached from the pulpit exactly what jesus said hell was and it shook people it shocked them there's no shock anymore There's no fear. We use the word flippantly. Oh, you just go to. My friend, can I get real? 
can I take about six minutes and get real with you? Feel good messages are great. They're nice. We get to leave and feel all gooey inside. But there's a dynamic that you have to face. Hell is real. Hell is totally and absolutely being separated from God forever. You say, well, I don't serve God anyway. Then you don't know who God is. See, separated from light, from truth, from goodness, from kindness, from love, from mercy, from grace forever. Never sensing goodness, never sensing a kind word, never sensing anything, never, never seeing light again. One man said, well, if I go to hell, so what? I'll be with all my friends and family and my loved ones. If my fiance goes to hell, I've heard this. I, I, I want to be with her for eternity. So we'll just have to go together. Well, my friend, let me tell you something. Hell is not like going to the park. Or you can just grab hands and just go to the park and stroll. Hell is real. It is dark. The Bible describes hell as total darkness. And if you went to be, if you went to hell to be with your friends or your fiance or your loved ones, you would be greatly disappointed because hell is total black. There is no light. You wouldn't be able to see them anyway. Or you'd hear them. You'd hear their screams and the gnashing of teeth. But friend, you will never see anyone in hell. You will never see another human being ever. It's total absence of light, total void of love, total void of truth, goodness, anything good. It's bottomless. There is no bottom. You will never plant your feet again. You ever feel like you were falling from something, maybe in a dream or something like that, and you get that feeling, you know, that, that, that you're just falling and you, you kind of reach out in your, in your dream and there's nothing to grab onto. Incredible lack of security. And that's what hell is. It's a never ending fall, constant falling, never coming to an end. That rich man that we read about in the New Testament that died and he went to hell in the Bible over 2000 years ago. That man is still falling today. He's falling right now as I'm preaching to you, telling you not to fall. He's falling Never one moment of peace ever. And he's still burning night and day and day and night. And he began his screaming 2,000 years ago and it rings through eternity even today. He cannot yell out for God because God will not be there. It's, it's, it's a place where he will not, not visit Total black, constant falling, weeping, overwhelming pain. Hell is eternal. You will never end. You will never die. It is forever. It is demon possessed. Every demon that ever was and ever will be will be there screaming all around you. Constant. Never ending thirst. You ever been thirsty? Real thirsty? Well, I tell you, my desert experiences 
I know what thirsty is. I know what it's like to be thirsty and what, it, what, just, what you would pay for a, 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 a canteen of water. My friend, you would give anything for a drop of water if you were in hell. There is no water. See, absolute thirst. <clears throat> it has gates to keep you in. There are no escape. No one can cross over the gulf. No end, no way out. And folks, without Jesus, hell is your destiny. Not because you, not, not, not because God, the loving God could send you to hell. And I've heard that. Oh, well, how could the loving God send you to hell? He doesn't. He did everything he could do. He's given everything that you might not do it. But your pride, your stinking pride has stopped you from receiving the love of God. Your pride is going to carry you to hell. And what good will your pride do in a bottomless pit of fire and darkness? How proud will you be then? And if you don't want to, if, if you don't want to go there, Jesus gave you a choice. Enter in. Enter into the straight gate. Maybe a fearful destiny, destruction, total destruction. You know, I, I can't sugarcoat anything that Jesus said. Jesus said that the loving Jesus had more to say about hell than any other subject. Don't, don't point your finger at me and say, man, that man's a hellfire preacher. No, Jesus said the easy way, the broad way leads to destruction. I've told you this before. This is how, how appropriate to bring up the, bring this up now. In Chicago, there was a nightclub, and it was called the Gates of Hell. Imagine naming a nightclub the Gates of Hell. Wouldn't that be a party place? Huh? Wouldn't that be a place you'd like to go? The Gates of Hell. Hey, let's go to the Gates of Hell. You serious? That's how flippant people are. One man, a little lost, a little turned around in Chicago. He asked a policeman. He says, sir, how would I get to the Gates of Hell? He says, oh. Well, on that same street, there was a church. That church was called Calvary Church. He said, are you looking to get to the gates of hell? It's easy, real easy. In fact, you just go down this road that you're on. Right past Calvary. And you will end up at the gates of hell. Listen, right past Calvary. And you will end up at the gates of hell. And God has put this man before you today with a big sign that says heaven exit now. And God has raised up the bloodstained banner of his only begotten son as a stop sign to all of mankind. that says, don't go by Calvary. Don't go past the cross. Don't go past Jesus or you'll wind up at the gates of hell. Your choice, your decision. There is a destiny to find. Maybe fearful or it may be fabulous. Joshua said, choose this day. Life or death. But I pray you choose life. Jesus said, I have come that you may, that you may have life. Not that he didn't say, I, I have come that, that, that I have, I have uh, forced life upon you. He said that you may have life if you want it. 
And you can have it not only life, but you can have it more abundantly. Not only does Jesus add years to your life, but he adds life to your years. The costs are worth the trip just to be on that highway one step closer home. It's going to be worth it all when we see Jesus. Amen. You know, I may just be a heartbeat away from the end of my journey. And that's a wonderful thought for me. Wonderful thought. The highway that you're on today ends somewhere. There are no exceptions. There is a destiny to find. Whether it's fearful, whether it's fabulous, it will be a final destiny. Contrary to what you may think. And here's another belief, myth, that we want to put to rest. There is no chance after death. Oh, you, you'll hear people argue that, but they can't argue it with scripture. They can't argue it with, no one has ever argued that with scripture. Ecclesiastes 11.3 says, and if the tree falls toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. Revelation twenty two eleven. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. Your condition after death. I asked somebody one time, find me in the Bible where there is hope for anyone who dies outside the Lord Jesus Christ. Find, find anywhere in the Bible that you can give me evidence that there is one shred of hope for anyone who dies outside Jesus. And I got a report. Uh, he could not find anything. And neither will you be able to. There is no evidence. There's not one shred of hope for those who die without Jesus. Not, not one. To the contrary. The Bible says it is appointed unto man only once to die. And after this, the judgment. So if you think there's a gray area. After you die, that you're going to have this conversation with the Lord. And you're just going to be able to repent to him in this little tunnel. That's what I've heard. You're going to have an opportunity. Uh, it's not what the Bible says. And you have to show me where that tunnel is found in the Bible. Where is that? Like third Philippians two. If you're on the broad way today, the easy way that ends in destruction, that turnpike to torment, that highway to hell. And there are a lot of people on that road with you and you're having a big time and you're hooping it up and you're partying it up. And God has put me here today, this morning, holding up a sign that says exit now, not the next exit, because that could be too late. Exit right now. Today is the day of decision. Might not be another exit. You say, well, I'm not going to decide today, Pastor. Well, you missed what I said to you. You missed it. When you say I'm not going to decide, that is a decision. He that is not with me is against me. You have decided you can't remain neutral. You can't wash you can't do the political thing and wash your hands of Jesus Christ and stay down the middle of their line. You can't do it. It's a decision. And it's a decision that keeps you on the Broadway that leads to destruction. You say, well, I got plenty of time. I hope you do. But the Bible says, boast not thyself about tomorrow. Boast not thyself about tomorrow. Your tomorrow has not even been created yet. And you know you have plenty of time. You know that, huh? Hmm. Well, there's one thing that you do know. You know what highway you're on. You do know that. You know what highway you're on. I don't care if you've been saved before or not. You know what highway you're on. I don't care if you come down to this altar before and you've cried three hours of crocodile tears. You know 
what highway you are on today. It is either a highway of holiness, it is a highway to life, or it is a highway to destruction that winds up at the gates of hell. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes to the Father unless he goes through me. Not Buddha, not Muhammad, all right? Not Confucius, huh? No. Through Jesus, not your pastor, not a televangelist. No man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus, the Son of God. The Lamb of God, perfect in every way. Died in our place on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins. God raised him from the dead so that anyone, anyone, 2 Peter 3, 9, he would, well, that all would come to repentance. That anyone, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter your past, doesn't matter what, how, how you feel about yourself, how empty you are. Anyone who calls upon the name of Jesus, their sins can be forgiven. The emptiness will be filled. You'll be made brand new. Not a makeover like these shows that they just make over an old house. No, you are made new. The old is gone away. Behold, all things have been made brand new. Your search is over. Jesus is the answer. Turn from your sins. Turn toward Jesus. Call on his name. He will hear your prayer. He will forgive your sins. He will make you new. And that's why you are here today. And that's why you know you are here today. That's why you're listening right now. Because you know that God has appointed you to listen and to be here. So why don't we pray together? Dear God. I declare that Jesus is your son, that he died and he rose again so that I could be forgiven. And today I give you my life. I surrender my heart. Forgive me. Make me new. Fill me with your spirit so that I can follow you and serve others. Thank you for your grace. My life is not my own. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine in Jesus name, I pray. And, and I wonder how many said that prayer in here today and meant it. I wonder how many said that prayer and meant it in your heart. Thank you. Thank you. And as a child of God, you will never again, never, 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 never stand alone. You'll never be alone. If you made your decision today and you said that prayer, for those of you attending our church online, I want you to leave us a comment on Facebook Live or just click that Moments tab if you are on the, uh, the online uh, platform. Hit the Moments tab and that raised hand, just leave us a comment. Put it in our prayer request section on our website, limafmc.org. Let us know that you made the best decision of your life right here today. Let us know that. We want to follow up with you. There's a highway 